Welcome to the Unlock You with Dr. Shannon Crawford podcast. Life is difficult and trying to live it to the fullest while constantly second-guessing yourself and feeling stopped by regret or painful experiences can take a toll on anyone. Do you want to get unlocked and see for yourself the beauty that life has to offer? Are you ready for aha moments and strategies to propel your business and family into a world of health? Then you've come to the right place. Join Dr. Shannon Crawford, a licensed psychologist, leadership consultant, conference speaker, and CEO of Crawford Clinics located in Dallas, Texas, as she shares her expertise from her life's commitment to helping you, the CEO, therapy client, parent, and teacher alike, identify and remove the unconscious blocks hindering you from thriving in your potential. We will also have amazing guests with incredible stories, rich knowledge, and keys to help you get unlocked today. Let's get started. As a psychologist and leadership consultant, one skill that I wished every person had and utilized on a daily basis is called an internal board meeting. It's under the umbrella of restoring self-cohesion, which is a large theoretical model of understanding parts of self, that we have a body, a soul, and a spirit. And within that body, you have 11 systems comprising that one body being able to do its job. And how many of us know when one of those organs and skin issues and the heart cardiovascular is not working, we have issues. Similarly, you also have many parts of your soul and you have many sides of your spirit. You are multifaceted. You are magnificently wired. You are more complex than you realize. And many of us, like a bicycle rider, we're just using willpower to gut through life. And I want you to know it doesn't have to be that hard, that you are so nuanced and so spectacular. And if you knew the code, if you knew the keys to rewrite those hard drive core beliefs, then now you have access to start cooperating with the Maserati or whatever exotic car of your dreams in our analogy, that you have to learn how to turn on the engine, turn on that key to turn on those systems. You're not broken. There's not something wrong with you, but there are misalignments. And just like for me, I had Hashimoto's growing up. And that's a condition in which the body is in a state of autoimmune. It's fighting against itself. As my body was doing that, you would see the parallel, my soul and my spirit were also in a state of self-attack. Many of us have parts of us that we are ashamed of, that we feel bad about, that we don't like that about ourselves. If you've ever said the statement, I hate that about me, oh, why do I do that? What's wrong with me? In essence, instead of just thinking of it like as a loose random thought, there's like a part of you that now holds and contains that shame. Now that's too painful to walk around with in our day to day. And so we bury that and we take it unconscious. That shame part of us now is like in a prison cell. And outside of that door is a bodyguard or a defense mechanism or a protector interchangeable depending on the model you're using it's a part of the soul that takes on the role of saying you're bad 
I will never be like my mother. I will never be like my father. I will never treat people like that. I can never be vulnerable like that again, or weak or ask for help or whatever it might be. And so this protector part of the soul has judged, stood in judgment of the part of you that's in the jail cell. The part of you in the jail cell, knees up to chest, full of shame, full of failure, feeling like I am not enough. And then behind that, there's now two walls now within a room, within a room, there's a part of your spirit or your true self that is hunkered down in isolation, feeling alone, unseen, not cared about, and anxiously looking for those original needs to be met. So if you've ever struggled with comfort eating, with addictions of any kind, including gambling, food, porn, smoking, any emotional affairs and entanglements, things that you're like, I don't want to do this. And yet I keep going back to it. Odds are good. That's because you have an original need by your spirit that's not being met. And that part of you is feverishly, anxiously trying to hold on to something to feel better. And it's really hard to let those go, especially when it's unconscious. I'm walking around doing life, enjoying people. And yet we could at the same time, as you're enjoying life at the conscious level, another part of you be aching and lonely and feeling invisible and unseen in a crowd. How many times have you walked into a room and all of a sudden felt like you shrank or you got intimidated or small or your mind went blank? Or you're around people that are nice, but I just feel kind of alone, like nobody really sees me. I anticipate rejection or abandonment. In that space, your brain is going, that doesn't make sense. I know these people love me. I belong here. You know, I own the business, whatever the analogy might be. But on the inside, there is a literal part of you that you are rejecting. You are not seen. You are abandoning, rejecting, and calling unworthy, and I don't want you to be a part of me. So we have at least three. There's many times more, but at least three parts of self that are holding any negative core belief that we have about ourselves. The hard thing, again, is we don't walk around with those core beliefs. It's too threatening. So many of us don't even know what our core beliefs are until they get triggered. And I work with a lot of leaders and influencers. I work with a lot of eights, the challenger, the go-getter, the person that if they knew better, they would have done better already. And so it's really annoying when you know better and you can't make it stop, said every high achiever. But my goal is to say, hey, instead of grit and willpower and just trying to, you know, gut your way through these symptoms, what if we do an internal board meeting? And we do roll call and we invite these parts of self when you're triggered, which there's no label on the inside that says right now I am triggered. <laughs> Unfortunately, I wish that were a thing in that space. We now have to recognize I was normal, but now I'm getting irritable or cranky or anxious or um, every, I'm just want to cut everybody's head off or <laughs> they're bothering me, or I just want to retreat and be alone and eat cookies and watch Netflix all day in bed <laughs> or whatever your thing might be. Maybe you're paranoid that your partner is going to cheat on you and leave you and you're doing this push and pull dynamic and whether it's true or not, it's consuming. And so the way that you know you're triggered is when the volume of your emotions go really intense, really high, and they go up quick. In real life, an event should not go more than a one to three out of a one to 10. 
That's because a one to three has got normal range of going, wait a second, I have to think about that. I have to process it, make sense of it. Wait, I think I'm offended. I think that hurt my feelings. I have to like kind of process that, right? I have to think through and have enough neural pathways clearing out and engaging with one another to have a response. But if I go quick and intense and I'm like, oh, that was on purpose. They're trying to insult me and undermine me and they don't care about me. And that was intentional. One, your mind reading. You can't do that. That's not actually real. Hopefully not. Um, and two, what you're doing is you're going into automaticity. Your brain can't actually process that quickly. So you're being flooded or triggered by old content, thoughts, beliefs, and emotions are now surfacing and it's filtering the perception of reality in the present. So there's a negative feedback loop that that part of you in the jail cell that's living with the shame, the rejection, the not good enough, the failure, that part of you has literal trapped emotions stored in the physical body. And when we get triggered and we walk around and our kids aren't listening and somebody's not paying attention to us at the store or your employee is uh, being dishonoring and disrespectful, all of a sudden it's like it hits that raw nerve, the scab gets pulled, and now hot lava of trapped emotion is now hijacking your smart prefrontal, my smart prefrontal, and now the limbic system back here, the emotional brain is a fire alarms just going off really intense. And so it's creating filters and perceptions. So one, a great time to do a board meeting is when you notice you get triggered. The last thing you want to do when triggered is to do a board meeting. When we're triggered, we want to justify why we're right. We want to go and yell at them and tell them, blah, blah, or we want to emotional sever and never talk to them again and unfriend them and move out of the house so they can never get close to me again. In a trigger, all I want to do is fight, flight, freeze. I want you to pay because I hurt. So I want you to hurt or I want to walk away and never give you access to me again or whatever. And so people want to quit their jobs and fire their spouses and they want to make their kids disinherited or whatever in that moment. That's a good sign that you're triggered. If you come home and all you want to do is just zone out in front of TV for hours, Odds are good. That may also be a different kind of a trigger where your soul is just kind of imploding and it's not able to hold and contain the amount of stress and pressure that you're putting it under. Any of these and a multitude of others could be an example of when triggered. I know one person that I love very dearly uh, walking through a grieving season, uh, but it's about two years out and they just started being really irritable. And so I was in a very loving way said, you know, I've noticed you've kind of become a little more irritable. Do you, did you notice that? <laughs> and they're like, no, I'm not <laughs> right. Cause when you're irritable, no, I'm not is the right answer because I'm annoyed that you're even bringing that to my attention. Right. And so eventually the person came back around and said, yeah, I think I am irritable. I think I'm missing this person. And, uh, it's really hard. And so when they were able to do that internal work and start asking questions, why am I being irritable? Why am I being triggered? Why do I feel like everybody hates me and is against me? Why do I feel like nobody loves me and I'm left out and being, you know, taken advantage of or rejected, abandoned in some way? Why is that is a great question. Now, let me clarify. If I go, why is that? And I just cycle and loop inside of my own head, not helpful. But if I do an internal board meeting, which the premise is kindness and curiosity, 
not having all the answers, not telling yourself not to feel like that. And you shouldn't feel like that. And just give yourself permission to have different sides of you. And some parts of us are younger than others, which means regression. It just means a part of me got stuck at the age I was when I believed a lie. And so that part of us is holding shame. It's holding fear, insecurity, inadequacy, uh, betrayal, whatever is down there, it's being held by that part of you. So our job is to be kind and to be friends with that part of us and to say, what's making it feel like that? Even though my conscious mind knows that was not intentional, I shouldn't feel like that. Other people have it worse. Whatever rationale I give myself, that doesn't matter. What matters is my soul being known and heard and valued. Your soul being heard and known and valued. I hope you're enjoying this excerpt from a series of business leader e-courses we're getting ready to launch. To access the full course, go to drshannoncrawford.com. Sign up for the newsletter to be notified when this course will be released. You'll also be updated when future courses on topics such as marriage, mental health, ministry leadership, and parenting will be released. I would also love to share about crawfordclinics.com. You can find mental health resources and connect with a therapist there. Our hope is to proactively address mental health, to restore kindness, creativity, and reduce anxiety and depression in your sphere of influence. In working with leaders over the past decade, we've seen increases in their organizational profitability. We've found that the more the leader and the organizational leaders invest in him or herself, the greater the capacity for innovation. Thank you for investing in yourself, your family, and your team. We are honored to serve you and your vision.